Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. The concerns about what happened on Saturday night in Lock Street continue. Uh, we now know that uh, police have said there is a connection between the anarchist book fair that was uh, being held at Westdale Collegiate right across the road from us here at CHML at the radio center on Saturday and Sunday and uh, what happened on Saturday night at Lock Street. Uh, they have not divulged what that information is that makes that connection, but I'm assuming that will be forthcoming sooner than later, we certainly hope. But it does also raise some questions about why they were there in the first place. And I know a number of you have uh, contacted us over the last couple of days and say, what's going on here with the board? Why would they even allow something like that to go on in one of their facilities? What are the board policies? Well, let's uh, bring Todd White into that conversation. He, of course, is the uh, chair of the the board for the uh, Hamilton Board of Education and also the trustee for Ward 5 and uh, joining us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Todd, thanks so much for jumping in here. appreciate the time today. Yeah, of course, Bill. Good morning. Let me, I, I get, I'll ask you the question everybody's asking me right now. Why were those guys there in the first place? So, in a nutshell, um, and a lot of people don't know this, uh, they've actually been holding that annual book fair for a good portion of the past decade. Uh, so it has been a long-standing event at uh, Westdale, and they've been long-time renters, uh, not always under uh, one particular name. So this was rented under uh, the Steel City um, Book Fair, uh, and that was the rental. And what we do uh, when it comes to rentals is we, we screen each uh, renter. Uh, this in this in this case it was fair market value. Of course, we paid for the, the space, and uh, the description that we received. Um, was that of uh, social justice uh, themes, uh, environmental themes, feminism, uh, anti-racism initiatives, items like that. So it checked out on paper. Uh, there has been no issues in the past, so the event went ahead. When you when you say this was vetted, uh, did somebody just read the application, or did you actually research to see who these people are? Yeah, and we don't have the, the operational resources to go in-depth to every organization. Um, so essentially, we look at the organization that's applied, uh, and we read a little bit about them, as well as the event description and what we plan to use it for. And as long as that jives with uh, our general code of conduct, um, they are granted the permit. Now, you mentioned uh, there is a fee that, uh, that the board asks for in a situation like this. Is it a standard fee, no matter who it is that's booking the place? Yeah, and it's similar. We've had these discussions in the past about how, um, as a board, uh, we rent our facilities. We try to uh, recoup costs for those spaces that are would otherwise be sitting empty. Uh, so this would be a fair market value rental. So very similar if you were to hold even a private uh, special event at our school. Uh, it could be your birthday party, for instance. Uh, you would pay that market rent. Uh, we would grant you the permit application. You'd be responsible with your own insurance, with uh, taking care of whatever arrangements are are, are involved, um, but essentially this would be a private rental agreement uh, for a third party, not sponsored by the board, not subsidized, uh, and in fact actually makes a profit for the board. Are there staffing implications here? I mean, if they're they're in the facility itself, I would imagine you have to have somebody there. Yeah. So on a weekend, which is what this was, uh, we would have caretaking on staff as well, so they get uh, passed on, or that cost gets passed on to them. So. Uh, they paid a roughly a $1,000 caretaking fee to have one person on site to operate that facility. Okay. And you mentioned that this group, although I'm a little cloudy on this, you're saying that they've sort of been around for the last nine or ten years, but they have used different names, or is it the same group all the time? Well, so so some have referred to the event as the uh, anar- uh, anarchist uh, book fair. The, what we received was the Seal City uh, book fair, 
Um, others have the tower as the organizer. Uh, on paper, uh, what we received was this was a project of uh, OPRIG, OPIRG Toronto, which is a long-standing social justice environmental uh, initiative group. Uh, so there's been a number of kind of different names floated around in terms of who booked the event, uh, who ran the event, what was the name of the event. Uh, so those are just some of those details. And you're correct, it is it is cloudy. Uh, on the surface, though, we read the description, and like I said, all of the themes lined up with uh, uh, our code of conduct in terms of promoting uh, those social justice, environmental, et cetera, initiatives. But was there a face to this, or is it just an application? So it would be the application. Uh, there would be contact people listed on that application. Um, in this case, um, OPRIG in Toronto uh, have said that they booked the facility um, for this group. Uh, so that's basically the information that we have uh, at this point and everything else checked out. Um, but once again, as we dig deeper, and of course, as the police are looking into this, uh, more information seems to be coming forward. And of course, the biggest news that we received was uh, yesterday when the police announced that they are investigating uh, and have reason to believe there is a connection between the book fair and the events uh, on Lock Street. To that point, Todd, have police actually talked to you? Yes, yes. So we met with them uh, midday on Monday. Uh, they came down to the school. Um, they were certainly asking questions. Uh, they uh, asked to view the video surveillance that we have uh, in the high school. Uh, yesterday they sat down with us, they viewed it, uh, and have requested some of that video evidence. Uh, so they're very much involved, uh, and uh, from what we hear as well, they were down there on Sunday uh, at the event, uh, not formally uh, in connection with us, but we were told after the fact that they did have officers uh, there on Sunday. Yeah, I talked to Joe Warmington for the Toronto Sun, who was also at the uh, the fair on Sunday, and uh, uh, Joe's words, and I'm paraphrasing this, was there's very little about books and, and things. I, there seemed to be an awful lot more about anarchy and how to do this and kind of a how-to and videos and things of this nature, and not at all the character of what he expected when he heard the, the advertisements for this. With that in mind and with the information that you've got from police, is that, uh, this caused you to reconsider your evaluation process? Oh, I mean, not in terms of the process. I mean, we can only um, do so much to research an organization. Uh, in this case, we did vet it. Um, it had been around for, like I said, a good portion of the past decade with no complaints. Uh, so I think the process works, but what doesn't work is uh, a misleading application that doesn't clearly identify the description of the event. So if there are workshops being held at the event, vendors coming in, uh, and the content isn't what you described to us, and that's brought to our attention, which unfortunately we don't know until after it happens, um, we would no longer rent with someone like that. So this organization, uh, and as this unfolds, uh, if that connection or when that connection is made, uh, we'd have no interest in, and clearly not uh, rent with this group in the future. I mean, I mean, listen, I understand that you can't be the everywhere at once and, and you know, totally vet everything. I mean, uh, we had this discussion a few years ago with Lauren Lieberman, Festival of Friends, and, you know, when they were having the festival up at Ancaster, and it was discovered, uh, I guess, at day one that there were some vendors there that were actually selling knives and, and weaponry, etc. Well, of course, he didn't know that, and as soon as he found out, he shut them down. And, and I expect the same sort of thing from you. But obviously, this, I guess, is a, 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 a an educational experience for all of us right now to say maybe there's a better way to do this. Yeah, and that's it. And, and that's where we could look at further descriptions from groups. We could um, perhaps ask some more questions in terms of uh, what the event in, entails. But it really it does come down to that group providing us the correct information. And in those contracts, uh, they agree that they abide by all of the rules, they meet our code of conduct. 
So contractually, these groups do, do say to us that uh, they are following the rules, and there is some level of uh, uh, faith involved in that. But uh, when we receive complaints and if these events go sideways, we'd have no hesitation to pull the plug. And I think in this case, if there was some of that information uh, that came to our attention earlier, we very well could have. And one in particular was we have a video promoting the event, which we didn't see in advance. Uh, but the video, as described and some have seen, I'm sure, uh, had very little to do with books and a lot to do with uh, somewhat of a writing video uh, and uh, various other scenes of violence. So those are the concerns that we would have acted on, but unfortunately came to our attention after the fact. Todd, lots more of this to come, I'm sure. Uh, we do appreciate the clarification on this, so thanks for this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Bill. Todd White, uh, Chairman of the Board for the Hamilton Board of Education. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.